Hey there, fellow pop culture nerds, Christian from the Proton Pack podcast here. Tony and I recently made the transition to host our podcast at anchor.fm, and they made switching from our previous podcast host an absolute breeze. Whether you're old pros like us or new to the podcast game, Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. In fact, you don't even need the complete tech setup that we use. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free. That includes creation tools allowing you to record and edit your podcast, which you can do right from your phone or computer, and it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. And as you gain traction with your show, you can easily make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to another episode of the Proton Pack Podcast. I'm Chris, and with me always is the Wolverine to my Cyclops, Tony. Say hey, Tone. Let's go, bub. What's up, guys? Um, episode 32, big week this week. We took the week off last week uh, to give a little news story building. Uh, we went from no stories to, holy crap, we have a lot of stories. <laughs> yeah, last week uh, you know, was sort of the lead-up to San Diego Comic-Con. Not a whole lot was released, obviously, because they wanted to save that for Comic-Con. But uh, now that uh, we're recording here on Monday, which is following, you know, the four-day event, four-and-a-half-day event, we have so much news. So buckle in, hang on tight. We've got a lot of stuff to cover, but it's all really, really super exciting stuff. Yeah, I can't wait to uh, get into it. So, uh, But before we do, we have that little thing we like to call the shameless plug time. It's shameless plug time! But if in these hills that Juan Valdez and his trusty goat gather coffee beans every morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Money is cool. <laughs> Money is cool. So donate, would you? Donate, yes. Uh, speaking of donate, uh, as we talk about every week, my main focus is a nonprofit dog rescue that I run called RoughRiders.org. Uh, we take dogs from overcrowded kill shelters, get them fostered and adopted out, uh, give them a second chance at life. And uh, as a nonprofit, we're always looking for generous donations. Uh, This week was really exciting. We got a huge commitment from Tito's Handmade Vodka uh, towards our transport fundraiser, where they are pledging $10,000 match for the next $10,000 we raise. And so that's huge. Hopefully you guys can be a part of it. Uh, Just head over to roughwriters.org forward slash transport. Uh, to donate in that respect. Uh, Tony, you just got off of your Sunday um, shameless plug that uh, you do every Sunday, if you want to give us the info there. 
We do, yeah. I uh, I partake in Pop Culture Kaboom with Jimmy Jones. You can listen to us on 95.1 KMBC, Carson City Community Radio. But if you don't live in Nevada and you don't want to listen to it just locally, you can also stream us. So go to uh, KMVC.com. You can also look it up on Facebook, Pop Culture Kaboom. Um, we talk about, well, Jimmy really talks about everything. I just partake in the movie segment, um, but you can list, you can get everything from uh, your, your Comic-Con events, uh, toys, upcoming uh, TV, movies, um, and he has interviews every week with somebody in the entertainment industry. A lot of up-and-coming directors and things. Once in a while, he'll talk to somebody big, uh, but... Always a lot of up-and-comers that have movies coming out. So a really neat listen. Um, it is a two-hour show. You can stream anytime, and you can also catch archives. So, again, uh, 95.1 KMBC, Carson City Radio. Very cool. And then lastly is our sister site, uh, TotallyRad1981.com. Uh, right now, I've got the site down a little bit. I'm redirecting it over to our Instagram social media, using it more as a way to point people back to this show, the Proton Pack podcast, uh, while I revamped the uh, website just a little bit. But uh, if you love the 80s, you love the 90s, you love, um, you know, old television shows and cartoons and, and just the things that bring you back to that era, uh, go check us out on our social media, uh, namely Instagram. That's where I post most. Uh, and that is totally rad 1981. Excellent. No, oh, that's the wrong excellent, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Were you? I was trying to do the Bill and Ted, Bill and Ted. one. I always fall for that stupid button because it says excellent. <laughs> and it's always Mr. Burns, and that's not what I was trying to go with. But you know what? That's what you get this week because I have no idea where the regular button is. So That's all right. If I all find right. it, I'll randomly play it for you, but. There you go. <laughs> so we've got huge. That's, that's, <laughs> I dropped the ball on that. <laughs> huge San Diego Comic Con news. We're going to start off with TV like we do every week, and uh, Tony's going to go ahead and hit our new Nifty TV intro. Bazinga! And you hear the excellent twice now. Yeah. yeah. Every time I listen, I pick up something uh, uh, new. There was a, a South Park uh, drop in there. Um, yeah. <laughs> that I didn't pick up on before. All right. So our first story uh, harkens back to our last episode a little bit. We were talking about Warner Media's new streaming service. And now not only do we have an official name of what that streaming service is going to be, but we have an entire lineup of shows that's going to be included with it. So might as well start with the name. Um, I was a little surprised when they announced this. Um, the name of the service is going to be called HBO Max, which we already know there's HBO Go, there's HBO Now. Um, they There's no talk if those are all going to roll into this single service. But in going through the shows, uh, it talks about uh, shows that are on 
HBO and will be in this as well. So I would assume that HBO Go will somehow become HBO Max now with old Warner television shows, the new projects they're working on and all of that. Uh, it does look like they're going to incorporate shows from the CW, Cartoon Network, TNT, and then, as I mentioned, HBO. Uh, any thoughts on on the name there, Tone? Yeah, well, if at first I was thinking, holy crap, like, we just talked about um, streaming as we do almost every episode. There's some streaming news to compete with, you know, Disney Plus and Netflix and, and Amazon and Hulu. Gosh, there's yeah. so many. So if HBO gets rid of HBO Go and HBO Now and this is just HBO Max, well, then you have a player. Um, I think adding the CW, Cartoon Network, um, TNT, like those things probably – you wouldn't think would be so big, but uh, some of the things we're about to talk about that will pop up here almost guarantee subscriptions. I mean, when you're already talking about an HBO lineup, if you want to go back and if you've never seen Game of Thrones, you want to catch up on that or The Sopranos, Band of Brothers, The Wire. And I'm sure for the ladies, Sex and the City will be on there. I don't see why it wouldn't be. It doesn't state it here. But uh I think it's the other shows that they are going to have on there that's going to draw the binge watching interest. Yeah, and this I think it's another hurt. This one's going to be another blow to Netflix, too. It is. Yeah. And I think there's some really exciting shows that they're announcing for it. Uh, unlike the one that they announced for Apple, where it was eh, whatever. Uh, this one seems to be pretty good. So last week we talked about uh, one of the very first shows that uh, they announced which we're excited about is the animated Gremlin series. And uh, if you want to learn more about that, check out our last episode. But uh, in any case, there are two shows and one show in particular that, uh, you know, the rumors of it leaving Netflix about a year ago sent everybody up in a tizzy and everybody was upset. And so uh, Netflix ended up getting the rights back to it for a period of time until this uh, streaming service took off. And the show I'm talking about is Friends. Oh, and, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, and for me, that's a big deal. You know, Friends is one of those shows that uh, if I'm doing something around the house, I'll just turn on in the background. I've seen the series probably a dozen times all the way through. And uh, just one of those classic shows that definitely holds up now. But, uh, yeah, soon enough, uh, you know, 2020, it's no longer going to be on Netflix and it'll now be on HBO Max. That's alone. That's right there. People are going to get HBO Max just for friends. Guarantee it. Um, it's huge. It's a good yep. thing Netflix has been creating their own content because this is uh, – that's going to be a big loss for them. That's a huge loss for them. Yeah. And actually, they just reported their first um, dip in subscribers. And uh, as a result, their um, uh, stock price is lowered to a point where they've lost about $7 billion uh, just in a loss of subscribers, which is massive. Yeah, it's, it's way huge. And then another show that's going to be on there, which I – I don't think it's going to be big for us like 90s nostalgia fans and it yeah. might introduce an, to an audience today is uh, they have HBO Max has the exclusive streaming rights to all the episodes of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So I like that show in the 90s. Um, we'll see how that goes. Um, I, I occasionally catch uh, episodes like when I'm traveling uh, on TBS and it still holds up. 
it's a fun show. Yeah. But I also think, too, like we always talk about CW shows on here for some reason, you know, like Batgirl, Flash, Arrowverse, all that stuff. And I think, you know, um, them having uh, that's another huge blow right there to Netflix because you won't be able to stream Supergirl or Arrow and Flash and stuff. That will be on HBO Max. So uh, that's that's another loss for them, which is great great if you're gonna do another stream service but yeah but uh yeah for netflix you know definitely a big blow mm-hmm. so real quick we're gonna go through i mean there's a whole bunch of original programming for this and hbo uh that we'll just quickly touch on and go through uh the first is an adaptation of stephen king's the outsider which is going to star ben mendelson who you know as uh the the bad guy in rogue one star wars and it's going to be directed by jason bateman and it's going to be an hbo series that will also appear on here uh, as that's good <laughs> i didn't follow you up very well on there sorry man oh that's okay that's yeah, all yeah. right uh also mentioned the cw shows so you know you're going to get batwoman the flash you're also going to get the riverdale uh shows and riverdale spinoff katie keen um there is a family drama starring Mark Ruffalo called I Know This Mulch is True. Sorry, I Know This Oops. Much is True. <laughs> I Know This Mulch is True. Hulk smash. You can tell my girlfriend's been doing a lot of uh, gardening when uh, mulch works into yeah. this podcast. You know when the mulch and the collard greens are too much. Woo-woo-woo-woo. Uh, again, it's going to be another HBO series that will be also on this service. And uh, mentioned it stars Mark Ruffalo. He's playing twin brothers. One is a schizophrenic, and it's based on a best-selling novel by Wally Lamb. Oh, I like Wally. He's my friend. Wow. <laughs> I I show, like <laughs> a show that we touched upon last week with Gremlins is a, a series called Dune the Sisterhood, which is from director Dennis Villanueva. Uh, who's doing the Dune movie, and all of that will tie in. Um, if you liked the old Dune uh, movie back in, what was it, 1980, 81? Um, yeah. This will be a continuation of that. I like the sisterhood of the traveling paints right there. <laughs> uh, Joss Whedon has a new project called The Nevers, which is a science fiction series. Don't know anything about it except for it stars uh, Laura Donnelly, who if you're a fan of the Outlander, or not the Outlander, but Outlander on Stars, uh, she'll be in that. Yeah, and Joss Whedon, is, uh, he does those really good. When he Was he Firefly? He was, yep. Okay, yep. there you go. And Buffy That's the Vampire so Slayer series. And he was the first Avengers, too, so. Yeah, both uh, Avengers and uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. Oh, okay. And then, uh, let's see, you have The Undoing, which is a psychological thriller from David E. Kelly and stars Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. All right, he's still around, gotcha. Yep, you have a nonfiction firsthand account of the Tokyo Metropolitan Police uh, called Tokyo Vice, starring Ansel Elgort, who uh, you know probably from Baby Driver. Yes, which was a great movie. I had to look at the guy. Had they not said he was in Baby Driver, I would not have recognized him. But uh, <laughs> should be good. He might actually have some talking scenes in this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's a show called The Flight Attendant, which is a one-hour thriller series based on a novel. It stars <laughs> 
Kaylee Cuoco from Big Bang Theory and is actually executive produced by both her and Greg Berlanti, who, that if that name rings a bell, he is the executive producer and creator of the Arrowverse. Well, that should be fun. I uh, that's I got a feeling it's not the last time we're going to be talking about Kaylee in this episode. But it uh, is not. Yes. So post uh, post Big Bang life there. Yep. Uh, Made for Love is a 10 episode half hour straight series adaptation based on the tragic comic novel of the same name by Alyssa Nutting. Um, I don't know anything about this, but uh, it might even be animated. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, next show which is my initial feelings on that one (laughs) Uh, an HBO series uh, that is coming also to this service uh, starring Hugh Laurie and Josh Gad is Avenue 5 it's a high satire aboard a space bound cruise ship uh, created by Armando Iannucci who created Veep All right, so you got House and Olaf space tacular uh station 11 is a post-apocalyptic uh, yeah, post-apocalyptic <laughs> limited series based on emily st john mandel's international bestseller adapted by patrick somerville and directed by hero mirai who uh, is a director from atlanta don't know anything about it or any of those names involved no i I think of the two little aliens from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey <laughs> station, and then I think of Eleven from Stranger Things. <laughs> uh, we we have a reboot of the classic detective series Perry Mason. Uh, it's the classic legal drama for a new generation, executive produced by Robert Downey Jr. and Susan Downey, with Matthew Reese from The Americans in the role. Awesome. Can we get Ozzy Osbourne to uh, lend his Perry Mason track to that? <laughs> that would be cool. I doubt <laughs> it, though. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. This one sounds pretty exciting. It's called Love Cat. Start over again. It's called Lovecraft Country, and it is a unique horror series based on the no- novel by Matt Ruff, written and executive produced by Misha Green, and executive produced by Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams. That could be good. Maybe a uh, modern kind of take on a Twin Peaks or a Tales from the Crip-ish. Maybe yeah. Not exactly like those, but HBO was home to that at one point. I remember. Uh, we're getting Pretty Little Liars, which is a show that uh, I have zero interest in. The Plot Against America is a reimagined history based on Philip Roth's novel written and executive produced by David Simon of The Wire, Ed Burns of Saving Private Ryan, and starring Winona Ryder and John Turturro. This is probably when Winona Ryder finishes up her time on Stranger Things, just in time to leave Netflix just like everybody else. Uh, Let's see. Love Life is a 10-episode, half-hour romantic comedy anthology series starring Anna Kendrick, who will also executive produce alongside Paul Feig, who did Bridesmaids in the awful, awful Ghostbusters remake. Yes. (laughs) He also did that movie with uh, Anna Kendrick uh, and Blake Lively. I forget what it was called. I know who was all in it, but it was from Paul Feig. Is it Feig? Feig. Feig. Feeg fi fo fum. I don't know how to make a Ghostbusters yeah. from my thumb. Yeah, Paul Feig did Bridesmaids, so if he stays in that lane, I'm he'll sure he'll find a that good was, audience. That was a funny movie. Yeah. Uh, Reese Witherspoon's Hello Sunshine will pre- 
produce at least two films for HBO. Um, I guess that's her production company. You have Greg Berlanti, who, again, created the Arrowverse. He will produce four movies centered on the young adult genre. Okay. And then finally, you have the highbrow, the Gilded Age is set in the opulent world of 1885 New York, and it's created by Downton Abbey's Julian Fellows. So, I'm uh, Julian Fellows, and come <laughs> watch me on the Gilded Age. It's a British take with Brian Fellows. It's going to be real good, and you can check us out on HBO Max, love. Oh, I thought you were going to go into a Brian. <laughs> I thought you were going to go into a Brian Fellows impression. Yeah, well, I'm Brian Fellows. That bug is fuzzy. I wish I had a soundbite for Brian Fellows. I don't think that exists, though. <laughs> so that is everything that was announced for HBO Max. Now, the only thing that they didn't announce, and sort of going into the next story here, is if that is going to be folded into, or the other way around, if DC Universe is going to be folded into HBO Max. Uh, there was some talk that that was going to happen, but as of yet, it looks like DC Universe is still standing on its own and with that uh, they announced that uh, young justice was renewed for season four on dc universe and uh, apparently season three which was recently re released is fantastic now i didn't watch any of the young justice series but uh, uh, i guess it's a little more adult it's not quite the kids show that seasons one and two were and uh you know it, it's no reason that uh, it's getting a season four I mean, not no reason, but no surprise. It's kind of random and a little late, but... Good evening! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, so just looking through, it looks like uh, executive producer Greg Wiseman has teased that uh, season four will uh, continue further along the Apocalypse storyline, which, uh, as you know... Um, Dark side is from Apocalypse, and and uh, yeah, so some pretty cool stuff there. Again, I haven't seen it yet. I do want to pick up DC Universe at some point because I want to check out Titans. Uh, I want to check out Swamp Thing, even though it's been canceled. Um, they're still running all 10 episodes, and uh, Young Justice, and of course all of the um, Warner Brothers animation DC um, movies that are available on it. Yeah, I think uh, best way to capitalize, but who knows, because Disney's going to have, you know, Disney Plus, but they'll also have ESPN still. Obviously, that won't be included. So it'll be interesting to see if they uh, separate it. But, man, if you want to make a big time competition right there, you definitely roll in the DC Universe with HBO Max and you kind of get that all in one thing. And then I think you got yourself a deal right there. That's what I'm thinking. Charge a couple bucks more. You get a lot more content. I would pay for it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because right now the DC streaming app is having issues right now and there's all the, the stuff. But they have so much content that, you know, because DC does their animated movies really well. They announced a ton of them at Comic-Con, which I don't think we'll have time to cover all of those on this episode. But in time, they'll come out and... Like you said, you saw uh, Batman versus the Ninja Turtles. I saw that. That was a great, you know, animated flick. That was great. They just released Batman Hush, which is based on the classic Jim Lee storyline. Uh, apparently, that is really good. Um, yeah, I, I definitely want to, at some point, get the DC Universe just to check out all the content on it. Absolutely. 
So speaking of DC Universe, over at Comic-Con, they announced the next series that's going to be available, which is the animated Harley Quinn series. And uh, to be quite vexing. I'm just forewarning you. <laughs> and this isn't the Margot Robbie version of Harley Quinn that you know. Uh, this is a adult-themed animated series that, uh, if you watch the trailer tone, it's about a minute and a half, a little less. Looks really funny. And uh, the voice of Harley Quinn, which is sort of interesting, is somebody we brought up earlier, Kaylee Cuoco from Big Bang Theory. Cuoco! <laughs> I did not watch the trailer yet, but I will watch it after the show, because <laughs> if it's got cursing and stuff, it's going to make me laugh. Yeah, it's got cursing and violence. It looks funny. Uh, the interesting thing about that with Kaylee Cuoco uh, voicing Harley Quinn is in the previous uh, animated movies. I think there were two of them where Harley Quinn appeared. Uh, she was actually vo voiced by uh, Melissa Rauch, who played Bernadette in um, The Big Bang Theory. So now you have two Big Bang alums who have voiced the same character. Very good. Very good. All right. Uh, moving away from DC to Marvel Television. Uh, it was announced at Comic-Con that Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will get a seventh season, but it will also be its final season on ABC. Um, it's been a great show. I want to stream or binge this whole last season. I haven't been able to watch it from the beginning. Apparently, it's, it's fantastic. And honestly, it's no surprise that they're wrapping up Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as it relates directly to the MCU. It, it's part of the canon with Disney Plus coming out and a bunch of projects that we'll talk about coming up here. Um, I think it's it's probably a good move on their part to wrap this up on ABC. Absolutely. Now, have you been watching it? I was going to play the Marvel thing, but I... I lost that thing. Um, you know what's funny is I actually haven't seen it since the Ghost Rider season. So was that four? I think it is four. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it, but it was when Ghost Rider came in and they they rebooted um, the awful Nicolas Cage version and <laughs> brought a really awesome um, the Robbie character. Reyes version. Yeah, now it's cool. So um, I did see that, but uh, I haven't watched it since then. Well. Now you'll be able to catch up and. Oh yeah! You know. Now it's binge time though. Exactly. Like, like, how it all gonna end? Which is weird for being a big Marvel guy. I haven't seen that. But then again, I haven't even seen all of like the Jessica Jones and Luke Cage season two. I'm I'm behind, very behind on a lot of TV still. Well, with so much TV out there, it's hard to keep up. And you know, we've got busy lives, and you know, we can only pick and choose what we watch. And this is gonna be bad too. I haven't even watched as of this recording. I haven't even watched Stranger Things season three yet. So I haven't either, but that's just because the boys are here. So I'm waiting until <laughs> till yeah, they yeah, leave. And... I don't want to spook them. I had to tell it, my cousin Chloe when I was back home in Nevada, she's like, should I watch it? And I go, mm, it's not too bad. And she goes, well, I get scared. I'm like, mm, maybe. maybe, but nothing too bad. Cause like back in the day when fringe was still a TV show, <laughs> she saw an episode where one of the characters turned into that weird mutant warthog thing and it spooked <laughs> the crap out of her. So she's been kind of terrified to try to dabble in that kind of realm. So, <laughs> well, and she's. 
probably quite a bit older now, so she could probably yeah, handle, I think she could handle it now. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, just weird side tangent. Uh, showed my boys the original Jurassic Park last night and they loved it. You know, I was afraid that for Reese, who's six, uh, he might be a little too scared, but they enjoyed the hell out of it. Well, that's good. I'm glad they liked it. Yeah. And they were shocked. When you think about it, it was pretty creepy back then. So it was. And it holds up. It's uh, the the computer graphics are still amazing in that movie. Yeah, they did really good. Do you see in the beginning, like when they first bring the T-Rex out when it's raining, if you look closely, they screwed up and you can see one of the boom mics. Uh, I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's real brief, but you can see it. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> well, we brought we watched the uh, remastered one, so maybe they maybe they edited it. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. It was funny because uh, as soon as Samuel L. Jackson appeared on the screen, Reese was like, oh, "It's Nick Fury!" So he was very, <laughs> very yeah. excited to see Nick Fury. Yeah, Nick Fury. He's not just an agent of Shield. He's a Jedi and a dinosaur guy too. Yeah, though he didn't last long in Jurassic Park. No, well, he got eaten on the shitter, didn't he? No, that was the lawyer. He went oh, okay. uh, to go turn on the uh, the power, and uh, all that was left of him was his arm. Gotcha. <laughs> oh, poor, poor Nick Fury. All right. Uh, He's on fire! Moving on to other comic book-related TV news, a series that uh, we have long loved and uh, been talking about since the beginning of this podcast, not this episode, but the podcast itself, is The Walking Dead. So the there's, <laughs> there's a bunch of news coming out. The first is that we knew we were getting a third spinoff. Uh, so there was The Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead, and now this new one. They still haven't titled it yet, so we don't know what it's going to be called. But we do know that the director, the showrunner, the person who's going to be running it, is the director of Kong Skull Island. His name is Jordan Voigt Roberts. And, uh, you know, Kong Skull Island was a fun movie, so I, I would assume he'll do pretty well here. And then uh, we have a little bit of casting news, which none of these names are familiar to me, and I, they might be to you, Tone, but uh, you've got Aaliyah Royale, Annette Mahendru, Alexa Mansour, Nicholas Cantu, and Hal Cupston. No, never heard of any of them, actually. I'd have to see their pictures, but in this uh, article, I don't see any of that, so I don't know, but I, their names are kind of cheap. Iris, Huck, Hope, and Elton. And see us. Silas. 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 Hey, Huck. I wonder if Huck and Hope hook up. <laughs> Huck and Hope. Huck and Hope. Huck and Hope. <laughs> and then you had uh, Scott Gimple, who is the... Um, uh, Main show guy anymore, right? Yeah, he was for the original series. Actually, Greg Nicotero was the main showrunner. Scott Gimple's one of the executive producers. And I misspoke when I said that uh, Jordan Voigt Roberts would be the showrunner for this new series. He's actually just going to be directing with Gimple and Matt Negretti as the showrunners. But uh, they gave a little insight into what the season three is about. Uh, Scott Gimple is quoted as saying, there's a big secret about the Walking Dead universe. All these years, we've just seen a tiny sliver of the Walking Dead world. There's a whole lot of world out there. 
The big secret is that all along, there have been other civilizations that survived the apocalypse. We saw hints of that in season seven of The Walking Dead and again in The End of Everything. And now we're about to show a lot more of the world in a bunch of different projects. These kids can grow up in a place of comfort and security, but they leave everything on a dangerous quest and are being pursued by adults on their own. We'll see kids become heroes and some become villains. We're going to open up a whole new world of The Walking Dead. <laughs> I don't know what to think of this, man. I I get it. I think you've already kind of answered those questions. Like, instead of having three shows, can we just wrap up the first story and then go on spinoffs? I, I don't know. Am I, am I being so negative, Nancy, on The Walking Dead lately? I'm just like... Okay, that's another one. Like I'm not I'm personally not super excited about it. I I'll, I'll wait to see it. We'll see. Well, I with you know, my thought process would be, you know, you take The Walking Dead now to a place where it's almost like American horror story where each season follows a different cast of characters and sort of leads into the next one. So, you know, you get rid of um, you know, What's going on right now with, you know, Norman Reedus, Melissa McBride, Dana Garay, and then go into, you know, Fear the Walking Dead. And then the season after that, it's another set of characters and, and do it that way as opposed to uh, drawing things out. And, uh, you know, this next story is that they just announced the trailer for Walking Dead season 10, uh, you know, with the original cast minus a few that, we you know, have died off. But uh I don't know. It, it's tough to follow. It's a little long in the tooth. And uh, yeah, you know, I, I think the, the first series needs to end at this point. Yeah. When they did something that they they made the mistake of doing last year as well, they announced that one of their main characters is done after this season. So I don't know if they'll kill that person off. We just know that that person's not coming back after the season. So that takes kind of the fun elements of what, uh, in my opinion, what Walking Dead used to be. Like when you didn't know what character was going at any time, you'd just be like, holy crap. They, yeah. You know, like, for example, like if you're not caught up at this point, but, you know, like Carl's gone. So, you know. <laughs> so, you know, like you wouldn't think that Carl was going to die off because he was such a big uh, you know, character in the comic books or, you know, or like, uh, who is that? Beth, you know, Maggie's sister, you know, you didn't expect her to die right away. And you're like, oh, OK, you know. <laughs> well, and then the other thing is, you know, with this original series, um, they were doing a good job of each season sort of setting it apart with, you know, different bad guys, different storylines. And then you had the Negan storyline, which spilled over two seasons it felt long in the tooth now you've got the whisperer storyline from season nine and it looks like that's going to continue into season 10 and uh it's just it's too much too slow i i don't think the attention spans of people um can support two season long story arcs no no it's definitely it's not what it used to be especially when you got rid of your main guy yeah. <laughs> you got rid of him just to do another spinoff. So Tony will post the season 10 trailer. Comes out October 6th, uh, but he'll post that on our Facebook along with all of the other stories and trailers that we talk yeah. about. Uh, and it, it does look good, to be fair. It, season 10 looks cool, but 
I, you know, I still am loyal to that, to the original Walking Dead show. I still watch that. But uh, as far as Fear the Walking Dead and this upcoming one, meh, I'm, I'm not going to probably invest a whole lot of time in those. Because the Fear yeah. the Walking Dead, I fell out after season two. I was like, eh, this I know, I know it's all caught up now and they've got characters from the original Walking Dead in there, but I'm just like, nah. This I know. is why part three is pointless. Like, oh, there's other civilizations. No shit. We've seen it. We already know. <laughs> you already have a stupid spinoff. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. And again, it's just too much TV. You know, keep it all in one succinct series and I can follow along. Three series and, and I just don't have the time. No. No, I'm just good. If they were all separate kind of stuff, that's fine. I think you really could have just done with the group of characters you have. You could probably make their own shows, you know, because the thing with The Walking Dead now is you have one week it's about, you know, like Rick and Michonne or that. Well, it was. And then the next week it's about Daryl's adventures. And then all of a sudden it's about the hilltop. And there's always a different story every week before you get back to the one arc where you're like, well, what the hell happened with Rick? You know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Which, uh, on the last note with Walking Dead, we'll just wrap that bad boy up. But, you know, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched Walking Dead, you know, Rick's not dead. He just <laughs> left the show. Yeah. So now if you want to see what happened to Rick in the cliffhanger that made it look like he died, which we knew he didn't die because they spoiled it ahead of time. Told you he was just leaving the show and he may be back from time to time. Thanks for killing the illusion of did he die, did he not die. And thanks for telling us ahead of time that it was going to happen. That would have been one of those crazy things where like, holy crap, if you didn't say anything and just, I don't know, did he die, did he not die? We'll see. (laughs) But uh, now, nonetheless, in that long little rant, you can find out what happened to Rick Grimes as uh, he will be heading to movie theaters. I don't know if it's this this October or not. I don't know when it's coming out, but Rick Grimes the movie will be coming to theaters. So yeah, so we day we two got, we got a little teaser trailer. Uh, we didn't include this in our movie section because it's most closely related to the TV. Uh, we did know that Rick Grimes was going to be starring in a movie or a series of movies. What we didn't know at the time was that, uh, you know, was it going to be straight to television or streaming service? Uh, it is actually coming to theaters. And the only thing that I'm seeing here is, uh, you know, obviously Andrew Lincoln's coming back, but it says The Walking Dead movie official teaser trailer uh 2019 i don't know if that relates to just the teaser trailer itself or the release date so we may either see it later this year or early next year is my guess yeah i mean i'll go see it but uh because it still ties to the original walking dead stuff but it's kind of silly out of nowhere the rick (laughs) movie what happened to the rick tv shows we will find out Dun, dun, dun. To be continued. All right. Uh, we are going over into the movie side of things, and uh, let's uh, kick that off with our nifty new intro. All right, so... We're uh, talk about some serious shit, Doc Brown. Language. We are. 
I don't have the little English button anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Before we get into that, uh, we're going to cover the weekend box office as we do every uh, week. This previous weekend saw the debut of Disney's uh, live-action reanimated, not reanimated, reimagined version of The Lion King, and it uh, opened with $185 million. <laughs> opened with $185 million, which is no surprise. There was a lot of anticipation behind it, directed by Jon Favreau, uh, a lot of big-name actors. I haven't seen it, was going to take the boys to see it this weekend, and we decided just to take things easy, but... Uh, from what I know, it's a pretty faithful adaptation of the animated uh, movie, which I think most people were looking forward to as opposed to taking it in its own direction and departing so differently from it, uh, like Dumbo did, for instance. Yeah, um, Lauren saw it. She said it was cute, and it was very spot on to the cartoon. So um, she said it was good, but she didn't need to see it again. So that'll be good. Yeah. All, All right. right, I'm going to let you roll real minute for a quick, I got to part ways from the podcast for a moment, uh, duty calls, not uh. me, but I had, <laughs> I drank a little too much water before the show, so I'll be back, continue on with a box office report. You got it. So in second place, we have uh, Spider-Man Far From Home brought in another $21 million in its third weekend in theaters, bringing its domestic total to $319.6 million, uh, which is really good. It actually uh, now surpassed uh, Iron Man uh, at this point and Thor Ragnarok uh, in its third week. Um, worldwide, it's made $970.8 million, which uh, means it's well on its way to a billion dollars. In third place was Toy Story 4 with another 14.6, bringing its worldwide total to $859.4 million. You had in fourth place the San Ra- Sam Raimi-produced uh, Lake Placid 2 or <laughs> the killer alligator movie Crawl made $6 million. Not great, but, uh, you know, for an R-rated horror thriller, um, it's definitely making back its money. In fact, it looks like it uh, only cost $13.5 million to make, and it has a $33.7 million worldwide total at this point. So it's doing just fine. In fifth place is the Danny Boyle uh, Yesterday, which finds the main person waking up to a world where the Beatles didn't exist and now he is using their songs and gaining notoriety it's a movie I want to see I know Tony wants to see probably going to have to wait till it hits Netflix or at least uh, Redbox and that brought in 5.1 million uh, in sixth place one million yes Saturday <laughs> in sixth place you have the day but Tista. <laughs> you can say Patusta. Well, I started. I was mixing that with the actual name of the movie. Dave Batista, Kumail Nanjiani team up comedy, R-rated, Stuber with four million. Again, another movie that I want to see, but probably won't get to the theaters to see it. Yeah, me too. In seventh place, you have Aladdin with three point eight million. In eighth place, Annabelle comes home with two point six. I'm so glad she came home. Yeah. In ninth place, the R-rated thrill of Midsummer, Which I still don't know what the hell that is. What the f*** is that movie? I have no idea. And then in 10th place, The Secret Life of Pets with $1.5 million. Now, the <laughs> one big note for this weekend's box office is that Avengers Endgame 
finally claimed the rights to the highest grossing movie in of all time. It reached <laughs> two point it reached two point seven nine million worldwide total, uh, surpassing James Cameron's Avatar. And uh, James Cameron even came out and gave a nice little uh, shout out to Avengers for reaching that goal. Finally. I mean, we knew it happened, but they had to do their little shameless re-release and add these these scenes. But uh, nonetheless, well achieved and pretty dang awesome. So and especially just- when you think about it, um, I know I had different viewings. You could have seen it in IMAX and stuff. Remember with Avatar, it was strictly you had to see it in 3D. So yep. that was kind of the thing. So, But nonetheless, I mean, freaking awesome job. Always good, good stuff. I don't know why I keep saying good stuff. Just, <laughs> it's just awesome. I mean, it's a damn good movie. It's going to be out on Blu-ray here on the 14th. It hits digital next week. So there you go. If you didn't catch it in theaters, well, now you'll get to. Yep. And then uh, this weekend, the big movie coming out is the new Quentin Tarantino movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, starring Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, Margot Robbie, and centers around Hollywood during the time of the Manson murders. (laughs) All right. uh, Moving on. And... uh, Typically in this podcast, we have a single trailer of the week. We focus on it. We talk about it. With San Diego Comic-Con, we have trailers of the week. It's the trailers of the week. Where is the little button so I don't have to freaking sing? Here it is. All right. Um... Boy, so many announcements, so many trailers, so many exciting things. Um, everything we're going to be talking about is a either a sequel or a reboot or a uh, rehash of some sort. <laughs> Actually, it's funny. So of the trailers, uh, like one is a sequel, one is a reboot, one is a prequel, and one is a sequel of a reboot. <laughs> That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. That does make sense. All right. So the first one we're going to talk about is uh, we got the very first trailer for Top Gun 2 Maverick, Ooh. which long time coming brings uh, um, uh, Tom Cruise. Wow. I don't know why I blanked on his name for there. That's there okay. For a it's because you got. <laughs> I feel the need. The need for speed. Ow! So. Uh, Tom Cruise comes back as the role of Maverick. Now, the trailer gave us zero input on what the actual story is about, but had some really great shots, some amazing flying, which, you know, in the first one, a lot of that was done with um, models and and things along those lines. I'm sure this will be supplemented by CG, but uh, I know they did everything they could to try and get actual footage of fighters flying in in the air. Yes. Tom Cruise said he actually, you know, scenes where he's in the plane, those are actually him. Now, whether it's a double, you know, you know, a double piloted plane or what, I mean, he's actually in there. And he said that, you know, all the all the shots inside the uh, jet or the plane, I want to say jet pilots, um, you know, the uh, Tomcats there, they uh, 
they're all real. So that should be really cool. Um, and, and they were stunning shots. And I even was a little confused. I go, okay, I know it's a sequel, but is it a reboot? Because they were really hashing out some of the classic scenes. They really were. I mean, you had the volleyball scene coming back. Uh, yeah, I, I had lost, the same feeling. I lost the love and feeling. The only thing I was missing was, like, reboot Kenny Loggins, man. I needed, like, Danger Zone 2 in 2020. <laughs> So, but apparently it uh, centers around Miles Teller, who's uh, the son of uh, Goose, who, uh, you know, spoiler alert, died in the very first movie. Um, But uh, yeah, and then you're also getting Val Kilmer coming back, who's reprising his role as Iceman. Except this uh, time he's Cake Man. (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll see if he gets in a little bit better shape uh, than what we've seen him in most recently and he's been dealing with health issues so you know uh, it's understandable if he's I make fun. i'm a dick <laughs> um looks like uh, we're also getting tim robbins back and kelly mcgillis which you know it, it's surprising that uh you know we would see her in 2019 is she really in it yeah she wasn't the one was that jennifer conley riding with maverick on the back of the bike or was that her I think it was Jennifer Conley, but uh, okay. Kelly McGillis, uh, at least to some degree, makes an appearance. Gotcha. Well, I like how the guy that played, uh, the best way I can say is he played Strickland in Back to the Future. I like how <laughs> his role, like I didn't see him in this, but I, like Ed Harris is in that role now. Yep, yep. Yeah. And then... Uh, fly. And then uh, moving on from the long-anticipated sequel to a long-anticipated reboot slash sequel of sorts, um, and something we've been talking about since we found out that it was going into production, is Kevin Smith's Jay and Silent Bob reboot. I got got Jay here. He wants to say something. Hi, I'm Jay. This is my hetero life mate, Silent Bob. Snoochie booty noochies. Uh, The trailer was released this week, and again, Tony will put that up on our Facebook, and I think it looks like a return to classic form. They got a huge list of cameo stars to come in, and uh, it looks like it's just going to be so much fun. I can't wait. There was, uh, when I I said this on one of our episodes, when I saw Kevin Smith and Jay do, uh, Jason Muse did one of their talking with Jay and Silent Bob uh, last December, I think. They read a they read a page or not a page maybe a one scene. page yes yeah, scene yes thank you of uh of of something that was upcoming and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how that ends up playing out on the big screen because it sounded pretty funny, um but I was happy to see Ben Affleck's back they they reunited and he's actually in the movie he is and not only that but we have a new Blunt Man and Chronic which you just see quick teasers of them. Am I not mistaken that Blunt Man is now going to be played by Val Kilmer? It's possible. And then I didn't see who Chronic was. It's a female. Um, Which is funny because that is like they're doing everything that's very PC in Hollywood nowadays. Um, You know, having uh, the right. I don't want to say it's PC. Diversity. So yeah. Or everything's more diverse, and this uh, reboot, you know, makes fun of it being reboot and making sure, like, with the reboot, it has all the right required characters, so. Yeah, it's definitely a satire on what's happening in Hollywood right now with all of these reboots and, and 
you know, diversity and gender bending and, and everything that they're doing right now. So I'm looking forward to it. It looks funny. Um, I don't have in front of me the release date. Do you tell No, it's supposed to be out this winter, but they are doing what's called a road to reboot um, tour. And you can I'll put the dates up on our page, but they're going to local towns. And um, let me just bring it up and I can tell you on air. So that way, if you don't want to look it up, at least, you know. So what they're doing is they're going to different theaters to show off Road to Reboot. And um, well, I can't mind to say Reboot, Jane, Son, and Bob Reboot. But um, let's see. <laughs> and knowing my luck, they'll they'll make it to Denver. Denver's a big enough city. They yeah, probably on... won't make it to Reno. They are. Oh, Jane. See what they're doing with this stupid thing. Okay, here we go. Reboot Roadshow is what it's called. So you can catch it starting October 15th. Um, If you're listening, um, it'll be on Fathom Events. So you can see it nationwide in any theater um, on October 15th and the 17th. They'll be doing... uh, it, it's weird that they're not going to release it theatrically. Like you, if you want to see it in any theater, October fifteenth, seventeenth, um, check your Fathom events for that. Otherwise, uh, Chicago, Illinois, um, it'll be they have two showings in Chicago at the Music Box Theater, October twenty second in Detroit, Michigan at the Fillmore, twenty uh, third in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, 25th will be in Riverside, Iowa, St. Paul, Minnesota on the 26th, St. Louis, Missouri on the 27th. Oh, there is a ton of dates. So let's just just put them up. I'll post them. (laughs) I'll just post it because we're going to be here all day if I read them. But uh, Colorado, they will be here on the 22nd in Denver and the 23rd in Fort Collins. But it's weird that they're doing Fort Collins, brother, because there is no Reno. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, we get the short end of the stick with a lot of uh, touring acts. Yeah. Uh, though they're California, too. Just December 12th in Los Angeles. That's the last one. But they're going to, like, Salem, Oregon, Tucson, Arizona. And uh, it's just weird. Fort Collins, Colorado is one of them. And now is Kevin Smith and uh, Jason Muse going to be at uh, each of those showings? Yeah. So what they're going to do is they are going to um, – you're going to buy the tickets. It's 50 bucks a ticket um, to watch the show, and they'll come out and answer some questions at the end. So 50 bucks a little steep, but they'll be there to answer questions. But if you want to do a VMP, VIP thing, um, you get the, the ultimate meet and greet is one-on-one time with Kevin and Jay. Take a picture with Kevin and Jay. Get a commemorative VIP laminate autographed. And you get an exclusive merch item. Now, my only problem with this is, you know, while you get a VIP experience and merch, um, the pricing for that is ridiculous. So let's see if I'm trying. I should I we weren't planning on talking about all the details here, so I don't have the info up. But a VIP ticket, I shit you not. Uh, that, that I just told you to meet Jane, Silent Bob, and hang out with them. Eight hundred and seventeen dollars. Jeez. Yeah, you can meet Metallica for less than that, dude. I'm not paying <laughs> No offense, Kevin Smith. I love you, man, but no. How about no? 
<laughs> uh, if you want to do a cheaper VIP, you can do a film screening. Take a picture with Kevin and Jay. You get up close seatings for their movie. Um, you get a VIP laminate, but you don't get an autograph and hang out with them. You just could take a picture with them. Two hundred and eighteen dollars. Still on the pricey side for me. So those are your VIPs. If you want to do that, I would consider fifty bucks just to watch it and have them do a Q and A after. I'd be probably okay with that. But uh, yeah, two nineteen, eight seventeen, snooch to the no nooch there. Yeah, if it was coming here, if it was coming here, I'd pay the fifty bucks. But that's that's really about it. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Moving on to our next trailer of the week is a prequel that we knew was in the works. I had no idea it was as far along as it was to the point that we got the trailer. And we're talking the prequel to the Kingsman series, and it's actually called The King's Man. And it takes place, uh, was it World War One, World War Two? Unfortunately, I don't have it pulled up here. It has Ray Fiennes in it. And uh, essentially, it is the beginning of, uh, you know, the Kingsman group and, and how it all got started. Looks fantastic. I'm excited. Uh, I loved the Kingsman movies. Probably number one, more so than number two. But they were just fun movies. Yeah, and we don't have to wait too long either. February 14th, 2020 is when it releases and uh, should be good. It's directed by Matthew Vaughn, who did the other ones. So I think it's in good hands. And like you said, good way to start it. So technically, as weird as it is, this is the first one, even though it's the third one. Kind of confusing in a trilogy. (laughs) So, but a good looking prequel. And I know they're working on the sequel to the second one as well but uh, no word on when that's coming out and then uh, finally moving on to our final trailer of the week is the final again <laughs> final trailer for uh, Stephen King's It Chapter 2 uh, brings brings back Pennywise and now the kids of Derry are all grown up and they've come back to defeat Pennywise once more stars James McAvoy, Jessica Chastain, Bill Hader, Isaiah Washington, Jay Ryan, James Ransone, and Andy Bean. And, uh, you know, the first trailer gave us a little tease of really one scene with a few little blips included in there. This gives us more of an idea to the story and just how creepy this movie is going to be. It looks awesome. It looks exactly the same lines as the first one. Um, so it's going to be – if you enjoyed the first one, I, I have no doubt in my mind you're going to enjoy the second. It looks creepy. The trailer's up on our page already. Check it out. Oof. Well, and, nightmares. And the Andy Muschietti, who uh, directed both of these – even said that this one ramps up the scare factor, ramps up the gore. Uh, The first one was a great psychological thriller with a a little bit of gore, a little bit of scariness to it, but uh, this should be all of that tenfold. Exactly, because he's not terrorizing kids this time. It's them as adults, so... Yeah, get a little more graphic with that. So well, and the scene in this this trailer with um, uh, James McAvoy in the funhouse mirror area, I mean, just looks oh so good. It does creepy that tongue though, man. Gives Gene Simmons a run for his money. <laughs> Only difference is Gene Simmons is uh, real, and this one's probably CG. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a big ass tongue. <laughs> or he's kind of like the Freddy Krueger, you know? He always had the big thing with the tongues. 
Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and we'll have a little information on that here in a little bit. But uh, real quick, uh, continuing along the lines of horror films and uh uh, you know, franchises that we loved and growing up with, uh, you know, we had Halloween, uh, that came out last year, brought back, uh, Laurie Strode and the Michael Myers saga, um, produced by, um, uh, John Carpenter. John Carpenter. Was a good movie. Um, I didn't see it in theaters. In fact, I really saw it for the first time about a month and a half ago and yeah, it was scary. scary. It was good. It wasn't, the scariest thing I've ever seen. It was nice seeing those characters back on the screen again. Um, but they have announced over at Comic-Con that we're getting two follow-ups to that, two sequels, one called Halloween Kills, the other one Halloween Ends. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. <laughs> what did you I think of? I the Halloween theme song, but uh, I, I don't know how long it would run, so I, I didn't want to play that. That's um, I... I thought it was all right. It wasn't bad. It's better than the Rob Zombie reboot ones. I agree. I agree. I... It's good. Um, I don't like... Uh, so I like that there's a trilogy now, so that's cool. Um, let's see. I don't like the titles of it, I guess. What is it? Halloween uh, Kills and Halloween, Halloween Ends. Kills and Halloween Ends. Those are stupid. So stupid titles, but um, nonetheless awesome to know that we're going to be getting two more and it's done by the same director it's going to have the same crew and everything um should be good hopefully it puts the uh, michael myers to rest so yeah yeah now uh danny mcbride was one of the writers on the last one that recently came out uh the story here doesn't mention if he's coming back to do any of these two he's still involved with he is very cool um, and then something I heard just on a little side tangent is the Chris Rock reboot of Saw has officially gone into production now. And so um, he's going to be in it. Samuel L. Jackson's going to be in it. There are some big names that are going to be part of this. And so it's interesting that, uh, and we've mentioned this before, you know, some comedians are getting involved in these horror franchise and for all intents and purposes, making them pretty damn good. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, it just, I think it'll do well. And, uh, you know, it wasn't a bad flick. I think these will do good. It's going to do awesome. And uh, while we're on the realm of horror, I mean, it'd be nice if they brought back one of our favorites. Well, we've been talking about it nonstop that we would love to see a reboot of A Nightmare on Elm Street done right, bringing back um, Robert England into some degree. Well, now we're getting a little bit of news that uh, that may be well on its way to happening with uh, Alexander Aha, who directed uh-huh. <laughs> who directed uh, movies High Tension, the recent The Hills Have Eyes, and then most recently uh, Crawl, which is the you know alligator hurricane thriller horror movie. Oh yeah, um, actually got pretty good reviews on uh, uh, Rotten Tomatoes. It did, and That's so. Yeah, so that director is being eyed to take over the reboot of um, A Nightmare on Elm Street, which I'd be okay with. Um, I don't know if you saw the Hills Have Eyes remake. It was done very well, and uh, it would be good to see a true reboot adaptation compared to the 2010 remake that we got with Jackie Earl Haley. Absolutely. We need we need some classic rock. Like, with kids today, huh? No respect. 
<laughs> and it would be awesome to see uh, Heather Langstrom, Langston, Langenkamp reprise her role as Nancy. Yep. <laughs> so as we hear more on that, we'll let you guys Nancy. know because that is one that we are really excited for. Yes, I'm very excited about that. So we'll keep you posted on news on that. Um, let's see, what else did we see at Comic-Con that was big? It was really about movies this time. I mean, not so much comic book stuff. They focused on a couple of you know, big movie announcements, a couple of TV things. I, I, or maybe that just overshadowed everything. Yeah. And so another one that we've been talking about uh, for a while now is um, Tim Miller directed Terminator Dark Fate. Again, brings James Cameron back in as a producer and uh, is essentially Terminator 3. So they are disregarding everything that came after Terminator 2 uh, to come back to this. Uh, we know that Sarah Connor is coming back in the form of uh, Linda Hamilton, but we just got news out of Comic-Con that Edward Furlong will be back as J John Connor in this movie, which is really exciting. John Connor, <laughs> do it, do it now. I, you think I'd have all these like Terminators ready to roll, but... That's not working today so well. Oh, that's all I right. I have them. They're there, but I pressed it. Nothing happened. <laughs> what would be a Proton Pack podcast without a little technical difficulty? Yeah, exactly. Who's your daddy and who you from? <laughs> who you from? <laughs> who you from? <laughs> who you from? Um, no, I think it's cool. That was a bitchin' announcement that, uh, that Edward Furlong will return. And I love the fact that they announced that this is basically going to be the third Terminator and they're just going to basically terminate the rest of the movies. And if you get a chance to watch the Comic-Con panel, it was pretty damn funny. Was well, it? I haven't had a chance to yeah, see it yet. The banter between Tim Miller and Arnold Schwarzenegger was great. So if you want some fun cussing uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, check out the panel. I might have to put that up there. Uh, it's... It's like 20 minutes, but it's pretty dang funny. It's well so, worth it. Yeah, yeah. I put it up there. I'd Especially love to Arnold, see. every time he goes, uh, I told your wife, I'm the baby maker or something like that. And he <laughs> cracked jokes. He does say, get to the chopper. And he, and so the guy next to me is like, who's your daddy? And he goes, and where are you from? So <laughs> they do crack some jokes on Arnold. But uh, Arnold said he said that he stoked – I'm very happy that the movies this time is R-rated because this Terminator is not for your babysitter. It's an action-packed violence and lots of cussing and violence and gore. It is not for your babysitter and your little family-friendly PG-13. So very happily R-rated, and he's excited that it's that way. So Yeah, hard R, which is the awesome thing. All right, so we had some big Terminator announcement. Though the thing that we were looking forward to was what Marvel was doing next. Marvel Studios <laughs> announcing Phase 4, and it was some big announcements in some ways and a slow burn in a couple other ways. So uh, we'll try and get through these pretty quick, but uh, the first, and we'll do this in order of when they're going to be released. So the first movie announced was Black Widow coming out May 1st, 2020. Um, we know that it's a prequel of sorts, 
but uh, actually um, uh, David Harbour confirmed that the movie itself is going to mostly take place uh, between Captain America Civil War and Avengers Infinity War. Um, so we know time frame wise where that sits. It's obviously going to go back to her origins as well. Um, and we know that the main villain is going to be Taskmaster, who we may have already seen a onset clip from. Yeah, that we reported that a few weeks ago as they've started filming shooting. And it's going to be excited to see what this is. Now, Kevin Feige did come out and say, like, phase four is basically beginnings. So these are all going to build what the next, you know, so that was the Infinity Saga, like all the first three phases. So whatever this ends up being, whether it's Secret Wars or Secret Invasion or whatever the heck it ends up being, this is all the start. So a little surprising that Black Widow didn't end up in the uh, Infinity Saga phase, but we'll see how it all ties in. Yep, and uh, my guess is that they've got some plan for it that moves it forward. Uh, The next project that we know is coming to Disney+, Plus, but again, is still part of the MCU, is the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. um, And that is set to take place after the events of Endgame, with the Falcon holding the Captain America mantle. And the the big surprise there was that... uh, The main villain is going to be Baron Zemo, who we saw in Civil War, and he gets his mask now. Uh, They teased it in a shot in there. Of course, we don't have it because they don't show us any of the footage that, uh, uh, you know, they release at Comic-Con. See there, yeah. But the panel was awesome, and that, uh, I like it. It's a good continuation. This is why you don't kill off villains. Yep. Always bring them back correctly. Yep. That comes out fall 2020. And then shortly following that, we are going to get the next original movie, which is The Eternals, Um, which, I mean, we could spend an hour talking about who The Eternals are and and how they relate to everything. Uh, Basically, just know that Thanos is part of The Eternals, and um, it revolves around all of these characters who were created by the Celestials. The big news here was we got uh, who the actors were going to be in this. Uh, So you're going to get Kumail Nanjiani, Richard Madden, Salma Hayek, uh, Angelina Jolie, uh, Lauren Ridloff, uh, Brian Tyree Henry, and Leah McHugh. The other name that was floating around was uh, Millie Bobby Brown, but she wasn't actually announced in the movie for this. So whether she's part of it or not, we will see. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes, and a lot of just cool things, and that was that was definitely one of the neat things coming out. So, yeah, and so uh, I mean we can get into that as more casting news comes out, but uh, with so much to cover this week, we'll we'll just hitting the touch points. Yes. Uh, Touch and base. Yep, that comes out November 6, 2020. The next movie is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Comes out February 12, 2021. Shang-Chi is a little-known character, um, part of the Kung Fu series in Marvel. But the more exciting thing is The Legend of the Ten Rings, which if you are a Marvel fan, you know that the Ten Rings belong to the Mandarin, who we got the fake Mandarin in Iron Man 3. They are revealing that there is a real Iron uh, Iron Man, Mandarin, and that the Ten Rings will be part of that. So that should be pretty exciting. Yeah, 
and and the, this goes with the whole thing in Mar in the in Kevin Feige we trust the MCU they always take those unknown characters and they become big so while we may not know a lot about Shang Chi and the internals um, if you're just going based off movies and not so much the comics uh, you're gonna know them really well very soon yeah. In spring 2021, we get the other Disney Plus series, WandaVision, which they announced will be following Avengers Endgame, which is interesting because we know that Vision died in Infinity War. He didn't come back in Endgame, but uh, looks like in some way or another he is coming back um, for the series. Yeah, I I've kind of read or read a little something about it where she she's trying to reboot him, so... We'll see how it goes, but what I really like, and I mean, we'll know more when they start rolling out, is this next movie you're going to talk about and that this TV show directly involves with this movie you're about to say. Yeah, so we're going to get a little crossover here. So um, Wanda's going to appear in this next movie, and then this next movie being Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Doctor Strange is going to come back for WandaVision a little bit. And uh, what's exciting about this is they said that Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is going to be Marvel Cinematic Universe's first true horror movie. So I, it's still going to be PG-13, but it's set up to be pretty scary. Yeah, it's going to be awesome, man. I don't know, but Multiverse of Madness and Doctor Strange is kind of a trippy flick anyway, so should be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, and what we heard is that uh, the Scarlet Witch in both of these projects is going to be more of the Scarlet Witch you know from the comic books and love, and if that leads to mutants, we will see. We'll talk touch a little bit on that here in just a little bit, but uh, that would be very cool. So uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness comes out May 7th, 2021. Uh, in spring 2021, we get the series Loki, which uh, obviously brings Tom Hiddleston back, and they announced that uh, this follows the alternate timeline of uh, Loki and Endgame, where he takes the Tesseract and disappears. It branches off from there. So that's the version of Loki you're going to get. This will take place before um, uh, the Dark World, before Ragnarok. So, you know, he hasn't become the anti-hero that people know and love. He's still the god of mischief. Yeah, I'm excited for that. That should be a fun show. Yeah. In summer 2021, this is sort of interesting as part of the MCU canon. We're getting Marvel Studios' What If, which is a animated series um, with um, um, oh, what's not Jeffrey Dean Morgan, but uh, Jeffrey Wright, who you know from Westworld. He is voicing the character of one of the Watchers, and it talks. It goes into different stories of alternate What If storylines of the characters we know and love but in an animated format so well, what's i what's good is oh sorry go ahead i, oh, I, was, I, I was just, just i was just gonna say i don't know how that ties into the mcu canon but uh and as an animated series but uh it's they have it listed so it's got to be part of it somehow yeah well and i did read that they're going to every animated character they have on there will be voiced by the respective actor that plays them so you don't have to get a cheap knockoff yeah yeah um and then continuing the third in that series of disney plus series that are coming out uh we have fall 2021 hawkeye with jeremy renner reprising the role uh 
essentially, again, it's him coping in a world post-Endgame, training a new protege who will take the mantle of Hawkeye, and it delves into his Ronin role a little bit as well. Yeah, I think that's going to be pretty awesome to see, too. I mean, all perfect. I love that the... Uh, the characters that probably weren't, I don't want to say lesser, where they couldn't hold their own movie, we're going to get TV shows out of them. And I think you can do so much more with TV shows, as we've seen with um, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Daredevil, that I think these all have the uh, wheels to uh, roll. So I can't wait for them. They're going to be awesome, especially I love how everything's going to start tying into the new movies. They're going to try to coincide a little more, so... Well, lot, what's, lot coming out in 2021. Exactly. And what's exciting is that leaves the movies for some of the bigger storylines and, and some big changes that are happening. For instance, uh, November 5th, 2021, we get the next Thor movie, Thor 4, called Love and Thunder. Love. Now, not a, <laughs> the, art, the, the little uh, title artwork is nice. It is. Now, uh, we know that Taika Waititi, who directed and wrote uh, Thor uh, Ragnarok, he's coming back as writer-director. Chris Hemsworth's back. Tessa Thompson is back. Um, but they had a big reveal where Natalie Portman came back as Jane Foster, and it looks like she's going to be taking over the mantle as the female version of Thor, as she did in the comic books. And so uh, that's going to be a big change that'll be exciting to see. Yeah, also in this one, uh, Valkyrie will be the first openly gay MCU character because she came out and said, well, now that she's the king of uh, Asgard, she needs to find her queen. So Interesting. I didn't hear that part. Yeah. I thought it was going to be Captain Marvel. Was... Yes. Yeah. Well, with that haircut, though, you know, you, you kind of thought so. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and um, I thought this was a cool surprise. I love that uh, Natalie Portman came out looking as hot as ever, and she's holding the hammer. And it looks great. I would well, say what the hammer's called, but I, I have a hard time saying that. So, <laughs> Mjolnir. <laughs> Mjolnir. See, it's tough. You're Mjolnir. Good. The, golden yeah. voice, the golden voice can do it, but this cat can't. Yeah. Goofball cannot. And the other thing that was exciting is we thought that, uh, you know, there was maybe some tension with Natalie Portman that she wanted out of the comic book realm of movies. And uh, it sounds like they were just saving her up for this big announcement and, you know, her next step into the role of Thor. Yeah, she's going to be playing a huge role. So uh, I think that's going to be something awesome for little girls to look up to and, you know, maybe fan, you know. Fan boys who have hard-ons for Natalie Portman, myself included. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to be great, man. And especially because uh, Taika Waikiki. Watiti. Watiti instead of Waikiki. Uh, hey, Doug. Oh, <laughs> Doug. Um, I Poor. love that he's coming back in it because he, he did Rag Ragnarok was so awesome. So I can't wait. I think it's going to be cool. I mean, going to have to wait because it's not coming out till 2021. And that's a long it is and then so we thought that that thor announcement was going to be the last big thing turns out we were wrong so as they were wrapping everything up for marvel phase four they invited an actor out on stage and outcomes which is interesting this hasn't happened in the mcu yet but uh, the actor who played cottonmouth in the luke cage series mahershala ali 
came out and they announced him as the new Blade. And so we don't have a date yet on when that movie is going to be there, but we are getting a new Blade movie starring Mahershala Ali. Yeah, I, he looks good for Blade. I guess he came out and he said he had interest in playing Blade, and Kevin Feige just said, hey, when when he asks, you make it happen. And I think that's great because that's, uh, my guess, uh, Phase 5. Like, everything will be Phase 5 for that. Well, the interesting thing is, you know, Kevin Feige came out and uh, made a couple cryptic announcements but not necessarily that they were part of phase five or continuations of phase four, but uh, you know, blade being one of those. And then he was saying that they're not going to talk about black Panther two. They're not going to talk about guardians of the galaxy three, all of which projects we know are being in uh, developed. They're not going to talk about fantastic four. They're not going to talk about mutants, which, again, cryptic ways of saying that all of these are in development. And then in an interview following, uh, Kevin Feige basically came out and uh, said, yeah, you know, they're in development. They're working on um, mutants. He didn't say X-Men specifically, but what he did say is that whatever we will do will be quite different from what's been done before, referring uh, referring back to, uh, you know, the X-Men's time in Fox. So I'm excited to see where Marvel goes. Again, I think phase four is going to be a big ramp up to what's happening in phase five. And I think phase five is going to be just massive. Yeah, I, I can't wait. I was so excited to see that. And uh, if you get a chance, every panel is now available. You can go on YouTube and watch. I intend to watch all of the panels now because um, I've just gotten the snippets. Um, so I intend to watch all of the cool stuff and see how they unfold. Even though we won't get to watch any of the footages that they saw, it'll be kind of like last week when we added in the uh, music sounds and we were like, oh, wow, that was fantastic. Right. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So that does it for movie news, all of the big stuff that came out of San Diego Comic-Con movie-wise. Now, Tone, I I, I know you've got to start wrapping things up. Do you want to cover the last bits of video game news that we have, or uh, how are you time-wise? I got six minutes. I just sent a fun little side thing. I was trying to be all sly um, without it interweaving with the show, because I do got to get to this place called Costco, and I got to go do my day job. Um, (laughs) I paid to do these cool... um, cool podcast they are just fun and continue to subscribe share listen all that good stuff um in a nutshell um we could with video games this week um we can keep it real short and sweet so i'll just roll the little plug here real quick there you go hey man you want to play some video games Okay. See, All right. See, pretty much longer than that. Um, we'll basically, yeah. um, I think we'll just keep uh, eliminate the uh, GameStop news, and uh, um, we'll just go with the uh, the we'll, we'll touch up on the three last ones real fast. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, real quick, GameStop, uh, they are shifting their format a little bit as streaming becomes more prevalent uh, to be more of a destination for gamers and esports and things along those lines. Uh, but we can talk a little bit more about that next week. Yeah. It's uh, going to be like Game Guy from Reno. Remember him? I do. It's the Game Guy. Come on down to my game cave and play some video games. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, we'll touch on that a little bit later. Uh, the first big thing in the continuation of classic mini consoles, uh, we talked last episode about the TurboGrafx-16 mini coming out. Pre-orders are now live on Amazon. The release date's going to be March 19th, 2020. And we have the complete lineup of games that's going to be... Um, right there there i wasn't a big turbo graphic guy but man i gotta say for it if you're gonna sell the system and hype it up 26 games it's kind of lame actually it's more than 26 games 26 of those are the original japanese versions of certain games and so that's yeah and that's where i was stumbling a little bit right this is the complete list, but what you get is the American games and then the additional 26 games. So real quick, running those down. The American English language games are Alien Crush, Victory Run, Blazing Lasers, Newtopia, Dungeon Explorer, R-Type, Moto Rotor, Power Golf, Wise, Book 1 and 2, Ninja Spirit, JJ and Jeff, Space Harrier, Military Madness, Chu Man Fu, Psychosis, Bonk's Revenge, Parasol Stars, Kadash, New Adventure Island, Airzonk, Newtopia 2, Soldier Blade, Lords of Thunder, and Bomberman 93. Out of all of those, I'm familiar with about three of them. <laughs> yes, me too. Me too. And they really dropped. I don't know. I wasn't a big guy, but where is like Bonk's Adventure? And they had Bonk, too. Why didn't you just include all the Bonks? Yeah. That was their mascot, by the way. He was like this little uh, caveman guy who would eat, you know, like he was in a dinosaur world. He would eat meat. He had a big head, and that, that was his weapon. That was Bonk. Yep. And then for the Japanese versions, I'm going to give uh, where there's uh, the American names because I can't pronounce most of these. You have Castlevania, Rondo of Blood, Aldinus, Apparade Gateball, Bomberman 94, Bomberman Panic Bomber, Cho Aniki, Ghouls and Ghosts, Dungeon Explorer, Fantasy Zone, Ginga Fuki Densetsu Sapphire. <laughs> oh, Fuki Fuki! <laughs> Gradius, also known as Nemesis, and Gradius 2, uh, Jessaken Necromancer, Military Madness, Newtopia 1 and 2, Ninja Gaiden, which is pretty cool, Bonk, there's where you get the original Bonk, Salamander, Snatcher, Fantasy Star Soldier, Super Darius, Super Momotaro, Dentetsu 2, Super Star Soldier, China Warrior, and Wise Book 1 and 2. A lot of mouthful, um, a lot of games, actually. Um, Some rehashes, both between English and Japanese, but uh, it is available for pre-order on Amazon right now for $99.99. Nope, it's going to flop a source like the PS Classic. Yeah, you'll get the mini-game collectors who come out, but uh, I think that's really about it. I'd pick it up for $20 like I did the PS1 Classic, but that's it. Yeah. And my guess is, I can justify, but that's it. Yeah, my guess is you won't have to wait long for that to happen. Yeah, All right. So don't 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 do that for a hundred. Okay. 
Moving on, uh, we announced the Nintendo Switch Lite in the last episode. Now Nintendo has announced that they've got a new Switch model with a longer battery life, which would have helped you greatly on your last trip, Tony. Yes, it would have. Thank you very much, Nintendo. And I'm not rebuying it just for the battery life. But uh, yeah, the new version is said to get between four and a half to nine hours of battery life compared to the last one, which was two and a half to six and a half hours. Yeah, it's... If you don't already have one, I think that's awesome. They also announced the uh, a different the the Switch Lite as well. So um, for those, oh, we talked about that last week already. Never mind. We did, yeah. <laughs> if you were listening, and if I well now I'm like in that rush mode where I gotta go. So I'm like, yeah, well, let's talk about this real quick. But yeah, so new Nintendo Switch model will be out for the holidays. If you don't already have a Switch and you want to do the one with the dock and have the Joy-Cons and stuff, this one would be a good recommendation. A longer battery life is a good thing, trust me. Yeah, and that'll be available mid-August. Yes, and on top of that, this last thing we'll talk about for video games is we seem to be, it's not that we're all about the Switch, it just that seems to be the big news. And uh, there was a really big release on Friday uh, for Switch owners. Yeah, so, uh, and I know you picked it up, it's Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, something we've been looking forward to. Um, Tony, just give your quick review of of the game. So I haven't played through it all, but I have played it, and I gotta tell you guys, if you're fans of Ultimate Alliance 1 or 2, fantastic. This one actually is more user-friendly. Um, I think like your kids, like if you had young kids, they could just pick it up and it's no stress, no having to figure out too much stuff. It's a button masher with all your favorite characters. We'll have a full in-depth review next episode. Um, I'll have more time to play. We'll explain it more. But if you got a Nintendo Switch, I highly recommend go pick up Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. You will not be disappointed. In fact, I think it's on sale on Amazon right now, $49, 10 bucks off. Not a bad deal. Um, but, you know, Chris, I would recommend if you can get your hands on a Switch, um, just the games I've been rolling out lately, like that game, awesome. I'm, I'm actually bummed this didn't come out for like PS4 or Xbox too. So I am too. I am too. And so at San Diego Comic-Con, they, extant, they announced three expansion passes and three a free DLC, uh, including unlockable characters such as Loki, Cyclops, Colossus, and then you get uh, a paid DLC, which is the Marvel Knights roster, which includes Blade, Moon Knight, Punisher, and Morbius. Yeah, and what's good too is, you know, if I'll put up a link, but if you're big on voice acting or if you played a lot of Marvel games, um, the guy that voiced um, every Deadpool video game so like the his ad- single adventure the one in uh, marvel versus capcom 3 um he, he's back to do the voice a lot of the t- cartoon tv actors that did the voices of some of these characters are back um the one that did rocket in the uh, telltale games as well as uh the marvel vs capcom no marvel vs capcom 3 where he was british but yeah <laughs> for some reason but uh, um good to know the voice acting is great the humor is there um can't say enough great things and the fact that most of the dlc is going to be free is awesome um i've only played the first 10 minutes of it and it all takes place with the guardians of the galaxy a lot of funny uh, stuff in that so 
Very cool. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a reason to pick up a Switch on top of the Nintendo franchise games. Um, you know, Super Mario, Donkey Kong, Link, so on and so forth. All right. Uh, all... <laughs> so all of that was a sort of rushed end, but uh, we thank you guys for listening, subscribing. If you're on Apple iTunes, if you're on Google Play, leave a review. Five-star review is awesome, but, uh, you know, be honest. Be faithful. Um, and then obviously check us out all over social media at Proton Pack Podcast. That does it for this week. It was a big episode. We'll have more for you guys next week. And uh, Tony, why don't you take us out? Later, Gators. I am. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. Woo! Yowie, Fluffy. Goodbye.